You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. One character mentioned here in James 4 and 7 is the devil. The devil is your enemy. The devil is your enemy primarily because of your association with with God. The devil does not want you to get your praise on. He does not want you to reverence God in prayer. Does not want you to be a genuine worshiper. The devil wants you to denounce Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Wants you to denounce the truth that if it hadn't been for Jesus, you would still be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in sin. Does not want you to decree that Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. And so the devil makes it his business to fight God and the church of God because of his hatred for us. I have learned over the years to hate him just as much as he hates me. I know he does not like me to praise God. That's the reason every opportunity I get, I'm going to praise him. I know he does not like me to speak faith and live faith, does not like me turning in victory or leaping for joy. And so I'm going to do it even when I'm not feeling well in my body because, again, I have learned to hate devil just as much as he hates me. It's important to understand when the Bible talks about the devil, it's not just a reverence to the evil spirit known as as Satan. It's also a reference to demons evil spirits that are under the command of Satan. It also, in some cases, referred to humans. People that serve 
the devil. Some do it intentionally and some do it unintentionally. You have some that actually think that they are part of God's family when in truth they are of the devil. And so I want to just look biblically at um, who the devil is. I'm not going to look at all of the passages because that will take up all my time. But we want to look at just a couple of passages that talk about who the devil is. Let's go to the book of Revelations first. Book of Revelations, the 12th chapter. And we're going to consider part of what is uh, said in verses 9 and 10. Revelations, the 12th chapter. Verses 9 and 10. John decreed, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. And this is what I want you to gather from verse 9. Who deceives the whole world. Let's break it down. Deceive your grandmama. Your aunt, your cousin, your buddy that ain't saved. And in certain cases, deceive Christians. Because notice he points out, deceives the whole world. And see, the, the, the devil is just one evil spirit. So when he talks about he deceives the whole world, of course, he uses demons as well as his human children to help. But he deceives. He hides the truth from people. He will tell you something that sounds right, but is wrong. He will show you something that, that on the surface looks good. But it's evil. He will make you feel good about doing something that you think is okay. But in truth is demonic. It's something you should not be doing. See, see, see the devil knows that we are human. And being human, we are flesh. And there's one thing about the flesh. The flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh wants to do things that are in contrast to the will of God. And Satan knows it. And so he strives to make us live in the flesh Instead of obeying John 16 and 13, John 16 and 13 basically tells us to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But it's the job of Satan to get us out of the will of God, or off the path that we should be on and get in the flesh. And, and it works sometimes. Yeah. 
He'll get us out of the will of God and get us to thinking, talking, and doing things that are against the written and revealed word of God. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. He'll make you think one thing when you ought to be thinking something else. Verse 10 of Revelations 12. It says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of, of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Satan accuses you child of God. Of not doing what you should be doing. And sometimes when he accuses you. It's the truth. You're guilty. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes you're guilty. And say you know what. She ain't praying like she should be. And it's the truth. You, you're not praying the way you should be praying. Oh she was, she was dead in the whole service. Lord you see her. She didn't even clap. Talking about her head hurting. She, she didn't even clap. Let me handle. She don't even want to. She don't even want to stomp her feet for you. She don't even want to turn in victory when it's time. Let let me handle. Let me do to her what I did to Job. He accuses us, and that's the reason when you know you done messed up, you need to ask God for mercy. Ask Him to forgive you, because you don't want Him to turn Satan loose on you. You don't want him to give Satan permission to do to you what Satan desires to do to you. So you have to understand that he's looking so he can go before God to accuse you. And notice how, how uh, often he goes before God with accusations. Day and night. Let's go further. Let's go to John the 8th chapter. Verse 44. John 8, verse 44. We are identifying who Satan is. Now, before John 8 and 44, Jesus noticed that some Jews were listening to his word. They were at church service listening. And so he told him, he, he said, look, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And, and the Lord went on to try to tell them why they needed to submit to his word or submit to his will. And so long story short, they started getting mad at what the Lord was telling them. And Jesus tried to show them that, look, this way you are right now. And they were, hey, we, we ain't like that. That ain't us right there. They started fussing. You ever been trying to tell somebody the truth? They started fussing. That's what Jesus was dealing with. They just started fussing at him. And so Jesus discerned that these folk is children of the devil. And that's where we pick up John 8 and 44. Now, remember, they started out as if they were believing. 
But then they, they just change. And Jesus recognized that they were children of the devil. John 8 and 44, you there? Look at what he said to them. You are of your father, the devil. He talked to people. And the desires of your father, you want to do. Understand something? Satan has desires. When he looks at your life, there are things that he desires. If he sees that you're happy, he desires you to be unhappy. If he sees that you're prosperous, he desires that your prosperity be severed or cut off. Satan has desires. And, and, and you got to notice the, the power of this, this verse right here in part. Jesus said to the children of the devil, you have the same desires of your father, the devil. You got the same desires of Satan. You have the watchful. Because folk can sound one way one minute and be talking something else the next minute. And you have to discern. This is a child of the devil. Some of y'all don't like teaching like that. But I'm in the Bible. Again, John 8 and 44. You are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. Then he tell. Now you got got to love this because he's going to tell their daddy off. Talk to them about their daddy. Your daddy was a murderer from the beginning. Your daddy does not stand in the truth because your daddy ain't got truth in him. When your daddy speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar. And the father of it. Verse 45. Because I tell the truth. You do not believe me. I'm trying to tell you the truth. You don't want to believe me because of your daddy. Saying according to John 8 and 44 is a murderer. That's the reason we connect John 10 and 10 with Satan. Remember Jesus said uh, in reference to demons that they are unusual thieves. They come to steal. I'm going to get your stuff, but they ain't going to just get your stuff. I'm going to kill you too. And I'm going to do some destruction. The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. A murderer in every sense of the word. But then call him a liar. You, you ever notice how some folk can look you straight in the face and lie and, 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 and it's like they tell you the truth. You know that's demonic. You can be really needing help and they'll just look at you and just lie to you. 
You'd be like, how in the world could she just lie like that? That's demonic. And notice again, the desires of Satan is what his children, his human children, want to do. So he was a murderer and a liar. Let me show you one more thing. Matthew 4, before we go on. Matthew 4. Starting at verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And notice why. To be tempted by the devil. Satan is a tempter. Now notice how he tempted the Lord. And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was, he was hungry. And I, I can imagine, because after two days of fasting, I'm ready to eat. Right? Some of you, I can go an evening and I'm ready to eat. You done went four hours, you ready to tear up the house, tear up the kitchen. So this man done went 40 days and 40 nights, you know he hungry. And guess who else knew he was on? Satan. Satan the whole time. Uh-huh. Look at him. He ain't drunk nothing. He ain't eating nothing. Yeah, I know how I'm going to tempt him. And that's what he'll do. He'll be watching your lifestyle. And then based upon your lifestyle or what you're doing, that's how he's going to tempt you. And see, that's when you, you ain't got to wonder if it's the devil. If, if you know you've been doing something, then all of a sudden, some, a spirit, something you don't see starts messing with you, or one of his children who you do see come by talking a whole lot of stuff based upon what you've been doing. You know that ain't nothing but the devil. Y'all are like I lost y'all when I said that. How many understand that? Okay, good. And so when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. You hungry. You son of God. Show me your power. Show me how awesome you are. We got some stones right here. Go ahead and turn them into bread if you God. He was questioning his divinity wanting to see a sign again and and if the devil or demons see what you're going through they're going to come at you based upon what's been happening in your life but look at what Jesus Jesus did and and remember this because you, you, you have to do the same thing Jesus answered him it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God Satan couldn't handle that he went to talking about something else after that you know why because when he put the word on Satan see Satan can't handle truth 
when you speak in it and you mean it. He, he can't handle that. He, he, he took him to something else. I couldn't, I couldn't get over on him right there. Let me try something else. And you got to understand that's how the, how the devil is. If the devil can't get you in one way, he'll try another way. Because he's a murderer. He's a deceiver. If he can't get you in one, he'll try to get you in another way. Amen? Now, you'll notice Jesus, according to verse 1, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. See, he went there for that purpose. But Jesus didn't go without power. The Spirit represents power. In the book of Acts, the first chapter and the eighth verse, Jesus told his disciples, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you are going to deal with Satan successfully, you have to have divine power. See, see, there were folk that didn't have divine power. They tried to deal with Satan. And, and Satan stripped them of their clothes. Now, you know when somebody got stripped you of your clothes, you're you trying to look for something else to put on. But when Satan stripped these folks of their clothes, they took off running. They wanted to get away from Satan. They, they went out in public naked. Didn't even try to find nothing to put on. They, they left the house running naked in public. You know that was embarrassed. They, but they would rather face embarrassment. Than stay around Satan. They didn't have power to deal with Satan. It takes power to deal with Satan. Years ago, there was this uh, lady that was in the church that hadn't received the Holy Ghost, but she she had got demon possessed. And uh, I never forget, Ellen White came. He's a pastor. He said, "Is a lady in in Nuna that's demon possessed. I want you to go down there and pray for her." Her husband is a is a minister, and say they got they got her down now, and they just praying, and they just doing this, that, and the other. We went down there, and uh, they had a, a a stack of books. You remember what stack of books, about this tall from from the floor, on how to cast out a day. And they had all oh, they was throwing all all on the girl, and they were doing all kind of things. And so, I said, well, I said, you mind if I just pray for it? Because the whole time I, I discerned that even though they may have had the Holy Spirit, they were operating in fear. And see, when you operate in fear, you're not going to cast out a devil. 
Long story short, we end up praying for this girl and, and demons, not, I don't know how many demons it was, but demons ended up coming out of this woman. And when we left, she was in her right mind. Isn't that a blessing? It takes power to deal with demons. You just can't say stuff and think a demon is just going to go. You have to have divine authority. And you have to walk in that authority in order to cast out demons. It's not enough just to say this, that, and the other if, you, if you're not saying it with authority. Not enough to lay hands if you're not laying hands with authority. How many are understanding? You have to have divine power when it comes to dealing with, with demons. And I'm going to tell you something. Satan is so bold to where uh, he desires certain folk in the church. I need to show you something. Let's go to uh, Luke. Let's go to Luke. I think it's in Luke. Let's go to Luke. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Y'all stay with me. Peter didn't have the Holy Spirit uh, at this particular time. Luke 22 and 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Of course, uh, Simon is a reference to Peter. But now notice the words. Indeed, Satan, he done asked for you. And some of y'all, you get up here and you're like, you're like praise team members. You get up here and say, the Lord will do this, that, and other. You singing it. Hey, can I have power? Can I have joy? Well, I'll sell for Gina May. Can I have? Because she's singing that song, Lord. I, I want her. He'll answer for you by name. And ask for you. Now, now the thing about it, see, see, he knew Peter's destiny. He understood that Peter's destiny was to be the disciple of Christ that would usher in the age of the church. He knew Peter would be the one that would proclaim the message on Pentecost and, and say to thousands that if you want Jesus, if you want to be saved, you're going to have to repent of your sins, receive him and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, Satan knows, knows destinies in here. He knows what God has ordained for your life. And that's the reason he's been asking for you. 
He's trying to counsel out your divine assignment. He's trying to counsel out what God has ordained to take place for you in the future. And some of you, sadly, he doesn't ask for you. And even though God had equipped you, he got you. Her destiny is to be a great singer in the choir. You're not, on, you're not even in the choir now. What unhappened? Say nothing got you. His destiny is to be the pastor's armor bearer. Where are you now? His destiny is to be a deacon or an elder in the church. But not even doing what is necessary to become one now. Satan done got you. Simon, Simon, he has asked for you. He done asked for you. Look at this. Look at this now. He said he want to sift you. Didn't even told him how. He, he want to sift you like wheat. And, and see, when you hear this, some of, some of us think about that, that little nice, fancy, little sifter we got that, that we put the flour out of the bag in and we just turn the wheel and sometimes we don't, we ain't even got to turn it. It just come right through and we know, oh yeah, it went straight through. That's some good flour. No, he wasn't talking about that. He, he was talking about Simon, that he wanted to get Simon on the grinding floor. And crush him. Just trample on him. Just trample on him until he became nothing. See, we ought to trample or put demons up under our foot or our feet. But Satan desire to put Peter or Simon. Upon his feet. I want a stunt walker out. You don't ask for your walk. Oh yeah? What you tell him? He don't ask for your hollering. What he say? He want to self you as wheat. And see, his mission hadn't changed. It's some of us, he, he want to just put up under his feet. Let folk know he in control of your life. Oh, he ain't going to get back saved and back in the choir. He ain't going to get himself right and, and be back doing what he used to do. I got him. I got him under my feet. That's the reason he's still doing that dumb stuff because I got him. Yeah, I let him say hallelujah in church and wave his hand. But I still got him up under my feet. Go ahead and let them think that you're still a part of the church. But I know and you know you're a mess. Because I got you up under my feet. 
Look at this. Jesus went on to say to some, he said, you know what? I, I've been praying for you. But notice he says something that's very powerful. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. The implication there is power in faith. There is power in That's the reason the enemy tries to to get us to back off what we believe. That's the enemy try, try. That's the reason the enemy tries to keep us away from church because the enemy knows Romans ten and seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? If I can just get him not to come to church. If I can just get her to be sometime in coming to the church, I'll take away her power. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. I want you to keep the power you have. And then he went on to say this right here. And when you have returned to me, he knew, he knew that he was going to withdraw from him. And of course he did. In the heat of battle, Peter withdrew from God. But the Lord also knew that you're going to withdraw from me, but you're going to come back. What is the implication? You're going to stop submitting to me. But you're going to return. And you're going to be fully committed. When it comes to submitting to me. It's time for some of us that the enemy done got out of our place. To recognize it was nobody but that low down dirty devil, one of his children, or an evil spirit that did it. And we need to repent and get back in our set place. Don't allow the enemy to keep his foot on your neck, brother. Don't allow the enemy to keep his foot on your neck, sister, and stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Stop you from fulfilling your God-ordained purpose in the church and outside of the church. It's nothing but the enemy trying to destroy your business, trying to destroy your family, trying to destroy this, that, and the other. Shout at somebody, get yourself together. I done prayed for you that your faith, that your faith fail not. When you return, when you start back submitting to me. 
strengthen your brethren. He was letting Peter know, I, I, I'm going to need you in a leadership position. I'm going to need you to get your act together because your destiny is in leadership. I'm going to need you to get your act together because there are a whole lot of folk that are looking to you to is bigger than you. You got to get yourself together so your children can have an example. You got to get yourself together so your family can have an example. You got a family full of addicts that need an example to let them know you don't have to be an addict. You got a family full of folk that are poor. You need to get yourself together to let them know you don't have to live beneath God's privilege. You don't have to live at the bottom. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Get yourself together so God can do in you what he has has ordained to do in your life. Some of us just roll over for the devil. Some of us, the devil say, do A, we do A, do B, we do B, do C, we do C. It's time for us to turn the tie and say, devil, enough is enough. I've been under your foot too long. It's time to reverse this thing. I'm going to cash you out. I'm going to dance on your neck. I'm going to stomp your neck. In my clothes. Listen to this. James knew that Satan was dirty. He knew he was low down. James knew that, that, that if a person get, was going through hardship, hard times, that, that the devil was going to be the one person that was not going to be sympathetic. The devil was going to be the one person that, that, that was not going to come around and say, hey, it's going to get, it's going to get better. No, when, when, when the devil see you down, going through it physically, emotionally, financially, and so forth, that's when he said, oh, whoo. Mm-hmm. See me a little opportunity right here. Got me a little advantage I can work with right here. Matter of fact, I ain't even going to try to deal with this on my own. Let me get two of my demons to go and deal with this. Matter of fact, I might just let his cousin at work for me. I'm going I'm to send his cousin over there. That'll even be better than them, 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 them my demons going. I'm just going to get his cousin to go over there and work on him a little bit. Cousin, come over. Look, I know you're going through it. Look, I, I got a little something I can let you have. 
and, and but I'm going to tell you something. I got, I got something else that may be good for you. Lord. It's just a pill. That's all it is. Just, just a pill. It is, I guarantee if you take it, you're going to feel a little bit better. It's prescription. It's going it's to feel a little bit. It's got my name on it, but it will be good for you too. Yo, cuz. Yeah, here go, here go the money. You do that, and then here go the pill. Let me get you some water so you can take it. I'll be right back. Stay right there. You know, you know, I love you. There you go. Go ahead. Take it. Take it. All right. You need any more? Let me know. And, and see, Satan have you feeling okay because you got a prescription. I didn't buy it off the street. It's a prescription that my cousin gave me. Yeah, that's because the deceiver wants you to feel okay even though deep down you know it's wrong. James knew he was dirty. And James knew it was going to take divine power to deal with the devil. And so he said to the brethren that look, what you need to do first and foremost is submit to God. You got to obey God. Even when you don't feel like praying, you got to pray because God himself said you ought to always pray and not give up you got to praise him even when you don't feel like praising him because he inhabits the praise of his people you got to have joy even when you don't feel joyous even when you don't feel happy because child of God the joy of the Lord is your strength if you just if you just shout a little, if you just dance a little, if you just be happy anyhow about something, God will release some divine strength upon you. But if you don't submit to his word, if you don't submit to worshiping him, if you don't submit to praising him, you're opening up yourself for demons and children of the devil to stop by your house. And turn you every which way but loose. Shout at somebody, you got to submit to God. You got to submit to him even though you don't feel like it. When, when, when you want to express what's going on on the inside of you, but you know it's going to be negative, just change it with the word hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. When it ain't going your way, grab you a scripture like Romans 8 and 28 and say it's still going to work out for my good. 
when things are going every way but the right way naturally speaking you still have to have the mindset that God going to do everything that he said God going to cause the crooked to be made straight God going to cause everything that I desire everything that I need to be put in my hand you have to submit to God. You don't feel like coming to church because you're battling your body. Press your way anyhow. You don't feel like giving God the glory because of an event that just happened. Give Him the glory anyhow. Make sure you submit yourself to God and while you're submitting yourself to God, don't you think for one minute that the devil is not going to try to come around and stop your praise. Stop your prayer. Stop your leaping. Stop your dancing. Stop your reading and meditating on the word. The devil is still going to attack your mind. Going to attack your words. Going to attack your deeds. So you have to resist In the midst of your praise, you have to resist what the devil is trying to tell you. You have to resist what the devil is trying to put on your mind. You have to resist what the devil is trying to tell you to go. Submit to God. Same time, resisting the devil. Submit to God. Fight the devil. Fight him with what I just showed you Jesus fought with. Fight him with the word of God. Fight him with a dance. Let him know you ain't going to be dancing in heaven no more. But one day I'm going to be dancing in heaven. Fight him with the word. You don't blaspheme, devil, but I ain't gonna blaspheme. I'm gonna yet utter praise out of my mouth. Fight him with the word. Because if you fight the devil with the word according to the text, he will flee. He gotta go. What will you tell somebody if you fight him with the word? If you submit to God, he got to go. He got to go. His visit is over. His visit is done. He got to go. And on that note, I'm done. Let's give God a big hand. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember... Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundant.